This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 30-inch. On this episode, it's all about us. We're going to talk about our collections, stories, and more. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hey, Ethan, how was your week? We never talk to each other unless we're actually recording a podcast. Yeah, that's true. I guess, you know, we never actually talk or text. And part of that is we don't have each other's numbers. It would be nice if you would give me your phone number. Dave, you know I can't do that. <laughs> you know i feel more comfortable sending all of my correspondence to you through frank it's weird because you would think that as podcast hosts of the biggest weird al podcast that we would talk to each other once in a while but it just doesn't happen does it <laughs> i have you blocked on all social media too so i don't know <laughs> i don't know anything that's going on with you dave except for the few minutes that we record every week that's all i hear so i think you're right dave i think this week we should just talk to each other let's get to know each other a little bit <laughs> have we ever met <laughs> who are you how did you get this number <laughs> oh i called frank and he called you and he patched it together of course <laughs> So I guess I had a good week, Dave. I feel like we never talk about our collections or that kind of stuff. So I thought that this episode would be a great excuse for us to just, you know, get to know each other, talk about our collections and some other, you know, miscellaneous stories that we've never told on the podcast. I love that idea. I think we should. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, maybe we should talk about our great guest from last week. Oh, yes. Tim Thompson, the director of Lame Claim to Fame. That episode last week was so much fun. You know, we'd record the episodes and, and we put them out there. And then I actually listen, I think you do too, to the episodes just as a fan. And it's so much fun. Not to like toot my own horn or our own <laughs> horn or, or Frank's horn. But once it's out there, once it's done, once, you know, Frank did all the editing and everything, just to be able to sit back and just be a fan and listen. And, you know, sometimes I laugh at the same stuff that I hear myself <laughs> laughing to in the podcast. <laughs> And then I know I'm not just fake laughing. It's like, oh, I actually still find that funny. <laughs> yeah, and I also love getting reactions from our listeners. And just as a listener myself, it's really cool totally. to just kind of hear from them and stuff. And what I do love is that we do interact with our listeners a lot on our Facebook group. And we ask them a lot of questions. And we put out a great question for last week's episode, what people's lame claim to fame were. <laughs> I had so much fun reading through those responses. I know. They were great. Everybody's like, I have a lame claim to fame. But I think everybody has a lame claim to fame. <laughs> At least and one. It's always like a celebrity you wouldn't expect. And it's always a situation you wouldn't expect. And that's exactly what Al's song is making fun of. And it's so perfect. So I'm going to ask Ethan, because I never talked to you. What are your lame claim to fame? <laughs> well, Dave, you know I have a lot of lame claims to fame. <laughs> So I was trying to think of some that were not necessarily Al-related, because obviously I co-host the greatest Weird Al podcast in the world, and that is a claim to fame, probably not too lame. So let me think of a couple. So I actually met Steve Carell, and I shook his hand while he was hurriedly <laughs> looking for a restroom. <laughs> was it in a Taco Bell? It was not, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> 
I think most of my lame claim to fames are actually Weird Al related. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. I was looking up the other day and I actually share a birthday with Ruth Buzzy. Ruth Buzzy. <laughs> Just for the people listening who don't know who that is. Who's Ruth Buzzy? Well, she was an actress. She was on a show a long time ago called Laughing, but she was most memorable to Weird Al fans because she is the woman sitting on the park bench in the Gump video who hits Farz Gump with her purse. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. I can't believe any of our listeners didn't know that fact. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have the same birthday. That's amazing. Hers is a little earlier than mine. She's a little bit older than I am. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the same date. Do you know who Ron Jeremy is? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know Ron Jeremy. <laughs> well, let me tell you. One time, and this is real, I used a urinal in an empty bathroom while the only other person in there was Ron Jeremy. <laughs> This was at a Tenacious D concert, by the way. It was after the concert. I went in. I was using the urinal. And then in walked Ron Jeremy. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> I've had a couple, actually, encounters with celebrities at Weird Al concerts. And one that I'm thinking of is actually at the Beacon Theater in New York City. I think it's February 6, 2000. And I was sitting in a row. And I look in front of me. And you'll never guess who's sitting in, right in front of me. Kevin Bacon and his entire family. (laughs) I swear there was just Kevin Bacon, his wife and his kids were just sitting there. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like one row from Kevin Bacon. (laughs) We got there early. Like we always do for Weird Al concerts. So like the rows weren't filled up yet. And his kids were just running up and down the aisles and they kept running into our aisle and were like, would run right up to us and just like, look at us, get like, you know, like kids do, they get wide eyed and then they just run back. So we were having fun playing with uh, Kevin Bacon's kids to pass the time. Do you know a guy who knows 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 Kevin Bacon? I know a guy who sat in a row near Kevin Bacon. Good enough. I know a guy who was a guy who sat in a row near Kevin Bacon. So that's my new lame claim to fame. All right. So. Do you know Al was a guest on a show called the Kevin Pollock Chat Show? You've heard that Yes, before. yes, I've heard that. It's on DVD. It's in my collection. But did you know I have a lame claim to fame related to Kevin Pollock? I do not know what your lame claim to fame with Kevin Pollock is. <laughs> so I am at the original Festival Supreme. I don't have the date in front of me, but the original comedy music festival that Tenacious D threw. This was, I think, two years before Al did it, the original one. And I am just kind of like trying to get through the crowd. I'm trying to get somewhere. It was so packed. It was on the Santa Monica Pier. And I'm just like pushing through people. And from behind me, like each like group I push past, I hear, thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just pushing. And I'm like, who the heck is saying thanks, Ethan? <laughs> who knows me at this thing in California? <laughs> and so I finally like get where I was trying to go. And I turn around and it's Kevin Pollock. And he goes, Hey, Ethan, thanks for pushing your way through and letting us, you know, walk behind you. And I was like, you're welcome. (laughs) It's like, how did you know my name? How did he know your name? Right. So he was there with uh, Sam Levine, who co-hosted that show with him. And he's also, you know, he's from Freaks and Geeks, from a lot of stuff. I had met him like a week previous and somehow he remembered my name. So as they were pushing their way through, he told Kevin, he's like, oh, that guy who we're following, that's Ethan. So Kevin started saying my name. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> I 
think I'd be a little freaked out. I was totally freaked out. No, because it was just like, it wasn't like, hi, I'm Kevin Polly. It was just like, hi, I'm Kevin. I'm like, this is Kevin Polly. Like, it just, it was too much to process. <laughs> and he knows my name. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it just like, it's still so bizarre. <laughs> I had another celebrity encounter at a Weird Al concert. And this one was in California, too. This was actually when he played his home theater. I would say his home theater. His San Luis Obispo. Oh. Christopher Cohen Center at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, back in June 22nd, 2003. He actually played the concert there. So, of course, you know, I had made a trip out there. I went with Vicky DeVries and a couple other people to go see the concert. Because if you have the opportunity to see Al play in San Luis Obispo, you go see Al play in San Luis Obispo. Totally. I would totally be Especially there. at Cal Poly. Right. So, you know, we get there. I'm talking to all these weird Al fans. And then, you know, the concert's getting ready to start. And I know when the concert's about getting ready to start. So I'm going to get to my seat. And, of course, everyone's already seated. So I'm climbing over to people to get on my seat. I trip over this guy's feet. You know, I kind of like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, you know, getting in my seat. And then later on, I realized that I tripped over Matt Groening's feet from The Simpsons. <laughs> the creator of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was Matt Groening's feet that I tripped over. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so he was at the concert, and there's a picture up on weirdal.com of uh, him and Al. But it's kind of like, oh my God, that was the guy whose feet I tripped over. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> and you can see, you know, the scuff mark on his brand new shoes. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't upset. He was just kind of like, yeah, hey, this right. idiot tripping over my feet. But, you know. <laughs> I love that. That's so amazing. So, how did you realize that it was him? Was it at the end of the concert? You just like looked over and you're like, oh. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I saw the picture on weirdal.com. <laughs> you didn't even recognize him at all. Like you saw his face, but you're just like, you know. I mean, I don't really know what he looks like other than, you know, when he draws himself in animated form. And he wasn't right. animated. He was a real live human. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I tripped those guy and he had a memorable look to him. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and everything. And I was like, oh, you know, sorry, sir. You know, and he's like, it's okay. You know, <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> It wasn't until, like, how long it was after that Al posted the picture on WeirdAl.com, but I'm like, oh, my God, that was the guy. <laughs> so that was, like, a delayed lame claim to fame. <laughs> you lived for possibly months without knowing that you had tripped on his feet. <laughs> I love that you remembered it, too. <laughs> I did. I recognized him immediately. So now I know him as the guy whose feet I tripped over rather than the, you know, creator of The Simpsons, the only most popular TV show ever. And Futurama. And <laughs> yeah. All sorts of great stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. I have a great post Weird Al show story I wanted to share with you, Dave. Actually, I know you've heard this one before, but I think the audience will get a kick out of it. So on the Ill-Advised Vanity Tour, I went to a show in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Super cool venue. I went there with Jeremy Samples, and when we were there, we actually met up with Jacinta, who I think that might have been the first time I actually met her in person. And after the show, I happened to see Emo, and I said, hey, Emo, can I get a picture? He's like, hey, you know, I'm meeting up with some friends, but... I'd be happy to take a picture afterwards. So I was like, okay, great. So, you know, I went through all the things and met Al and I was just kind of waiting around. I saw Emo, he's with his friends and the theater was kind of starting to empty out and it was really just the three of us, me, Jeremy and Jacinta and then Emo and his friends. And I saw Emo and his friends kind of struggling to take a picture of each other. Like the lighting wasn't good. So I offered to step in. I was like, hey, how about instead of you guys taking a picture of each other, I'll take a picture of all of you. And Emo liked that. And, and you know, we had to take it a couple times because he wasn't super happy with the lighting. 
But finally he was good. And he's like, all right, you know, I'm happy to take a picture of you guys now. It's like, great. So I handed my camera to Jeremy and I like went to pose with Emo. And Emo's like, oh, no, no, we can't take the picture here. I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, no, 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 the lighting's not good here. And we're like, oh, I don't mind. (laughs) I've already been waiting for quite a while. I'm I'm fine just taking a crappy picture. (laughs) He's like, no, 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 we need to find somewhere else. And I was like, okay. So he's like, follow me. So Jeremy, Jacinta, and I, we follow Emo. He brings us backstage. He brings us onto the stage. The crew is there. They're like packing everything up. Everyone's giving us weird looks. And Emo is just like waving like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. He brings us back into the green room. And he keeps bringing us. And we're wondering, like, where is he bringing us? So he brings us through. Like, he takes us through the entire backstage all the way to the stairs. He brings us up to not the second, but the third floor. <laughs> so we get to the okay. third floor and we're like, he's messing with us. Like, like what is up here? Where, what is this magical light source that Emo has, you know, found up on the third floor? <laughs> so we're walking, we walk by like the dressing rooms. We walk by Al's dressing room. I'm thinking like, should we really even be back here? Like, what is, you know, what is deal? So, Finally, he brings us to a room. I'm like, oh, this is probably Emo's dressing room. And we walk in, we open the door, and it is literally like a broom closet. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like looking around, and there's no magic lighting. Like, there's nothing really great about this room. And I'm like, all right, I'm just excited to be meeting Emo, excited to be getting a picture of them. I was like, whatever. (laughs) Excited to be backstage. (laughs) So, you know, we all get in. He's like, all right, close the door. So. We close the door and suddenly it's Emo, me, Jeremy, and Jacinta in this like kind of small broom closet. And he's like, all right, now turn off the light. (laughs) And we're like, what? (laughs) He's like, we're going to turn off the light. (laughs) I'm like, I thought you wanted to get really good lighting for this picture, Emo. What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, no. The flash on the iPhone will look really great once all the light is off. And we're like okay so turns the light off and he's like okay now i need you to take a picture of the ground it's like what (laughs) he's like i need you to prove to me that your flash is on it's like okay so i take a picture of the ground i still have that picture it's my feet and emo's feet (laughs) and sure enough i hand my phone to jeremy he snaps a picture of us in the complete dark with the flash on and it looked great. <laughs> he knew what he was talking about. And so then I was wow. like, Emo, it would be kind of funny if we pretend that our thumbs have been cut off. And I'm also expecting, like, everyone probably does that. Especially right. the Weird Al shows. And he's like, sure. that's a great idea. I've never done that before. Like, he was being <laughs> genuine. So it's like, oh, well, we got to make sure we do the correct hand. And we had an argument over which thumb he gets cut off in the movie. So I chose one. He chose the other one. I was correct by the way. And so after I got the picture, then we, you know, took a picture with Jeremy and then took a picture with Jacinta. And then he just, you know, just left us. So we like, (laughs) we had to walk back out, like kind of awkwardly walk past everyone. And it was amazing. And what a great story. (laughs) So that is a very long lame claim to fame. I was ushered into a broom closet with Emo Phillips after a Weird Al concert with the lights off. (laughs) I don't know if that qualifies as lame, but that is pretty cool. (laughs) Certainly memorable claim to fame. (laughs) So my biggest celebrity encounter also happened after a Weird Al concert. It was not in a broom closet. Oh. (laughs) But it was at the Pacific Amphitheater in Costa Mesa on the Internet Leaks Tour on August 14th. 
2010. And this was kind of an interesting show because I went to this show and no expectations of ever getting backstage. You know, I was there with Melissa Sullivan and Jackie, my wife, and we were there and we're just like really just having a great time like you do at a Weird Al concert. And as the concert ends, the guy sitting behind us taps me on the shoulder and he goes, I've been watching you the entire concert. You're having a great time. I have this backstage pass. I think you would enjoy it more than I would. Wow. Like, wow. Oh, okay. So he hands it to me. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, we do the whole, are you sure? You know, yeah. hoping he would say, yes, of course I'm sure. And he did. He's like, no, I really insist you take it. I was like, wow. okay, thank you so much. You know, so now I'm also in this situation where now I've got Melissa and Jackie with me and I've got a myself and we've got one pass. Right. So, you know, did the nice thing and I offered it to the two ladies and they said, no, he gave it to you. You should go backstage. I said, Okay, I offered, you know. <laughs> See ya! <laughs> you don't have to ask twice. So I go backstage, and it was incredible because it was like a who's who of, like, celebrities back there. This was, you know, Costa Mesa was pretty close to Al's hometown, you know, right. of L.A. I think it was probably the hometown show on that particular tour. And I get back there, and there's just all these people walking around. And so I'm kind of lost because I wasn't on the guest list. So, you know, how much do I, you know? <laughs> right. They're like, we specifically said Dave Rossi is not coming backstage. How did he get a pass? <laughs> so, you know, I ran into the tour manager at the time, you know, and I talked to him. I was like, it's cool. I'm back here. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's cool. Don't worry about it. You know? So I'm like, okay. So then I felt a little bit better about that. And so I'm walking around just, you know, I ran into Suzanne and a couple other people back there and I'm getting ready. I'm like, okay, I think, you know, I've spent enough time back here. I met Al, you know, I met some other Weird Al fans and I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of head out. I said, well, let me just use the restroom before I go. So I'm waiting to use a restroom and out of the restroom comes Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, Jamie Lee Curtis. And she's got on her a Weird Al t-shirt on. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like kind of starstruck. And she kind of looks at me and she could tell that, oh, this guy, you know, recognized who I am. Yeah. You know, and I'm like. I hate to interrupt, but do you mind if I take a picture with you? And she was the nicest. She's like, of course, you know. And so she flagged somebody down to take a picture. Jackie had given me her camera. It wasn't actually on a cell phone at the time. So mm -hmm. it was on a, an actual real camera I had picture. So, you know, she found somebody to take the picture of us and is kind of like said thank you and all that. And then she excused herself to go you know, back to whatever she was going to do after she had done, been done <laughs> using the restroom. So, you know, I use the restroom. I leave, you know, and I go back to the car and Melissa and Jackie are waiting for me out by the car. And I'm like, you'll never guess who I met. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. And they're like, no way. And then I think at that point they started regretting that they right. let me have the backstage pass. <laughs> that is so cool. So I randomly ran into Jamie Lee Curtis at a Weird Al concert. I loved it. It was awesome. And you also used the bathroom after Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I did. At a Weird Al concert. <laughs> I did. If only Jonah Hill was there to uh, be in that very next stall. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, Dave, we have some amazing lame claims to fame, and I loved seeing all of the ones from our listeners. So listeners, 
If you have any other good ones, head over to our Facebook group, Dave and Ethan's 2002 Weird Al podcast group on Facebook and let us know more. They are so much fun to read. <laughs> and maybe we can dig up some more to tell on a future podcast, Dave, because this is so much fun. I love hearing Lane playing the themes. <laughs> <laughs> this is really timely because we just had Tim Thompson on to talk about his lame claim to fame being the director of the music video. Right. I mean, the reason we hooked up with Tim was because he is a close personal friend with MC Lars, who we've had on a podcast as a guest. And this week, MC Lars has a brand new EP out called Humble Bundle, and it's all about his favorite video games, and it's available on mclars.bandcamp.com. That's so cool. And speaking of video games, A New World, Intimate Music from Final Fantasy, conducted by our friends Eric Roth and his father Arnie, just wrapped up their show in Quebec this past week. And they go out again in early January for tickets and information, ffnewworld.com. I really want to make it out to one of those shows. Yeah, I'm hoping that he comes close by that we can check at least one of those out. That would be so much fun. All right, Ethan, are we finally ready to reveal the big news I suppose, Dave, I suppose it's time. I am so excited, and I know you're so excited, and I know Frank is so excited. We are doing a live Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, and that's amazing as it is, right? Like, that alone is amazing big news. That is groundbreaking. That is groundbreaking. How do you top (laughs) a live Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast? I'm going to top it by adding in that Jonah Ray is going to be there in person for a live interview with us. Wow. Okay, so live interview with us and with Jonah Ray. Oh, that is amazing. There's no way to top that. Dave, you spoke too soon. There is a way to top it. We are doing all of that live in a theater with a screening of UHF. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Can I come? You have to, Dave. You are one of the people interviewing Jonah with me. (laughs) 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 i am so excited we've been working on this for a long time tickets went on sale today and you can buy your tickets right now by heading over to uhf.2000inch.com and that will bring you over to the proctor's website where you can check it out oh by the way it's at proctor's it is in schenectady new york and it starts at 4 p.m it's a saturday and you can make a whole weekend out of it i know you are dave um You can actually, after our show and screening, I am then performing a comedy show with Jonah Ray headlining, and he's even going to play his Weird Al songs live during the show. Amazing, 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 amazing news. (laughs) (laughs) And if you are in the area and you want to expand your weekend out of just that Saturday, January 25th, on January 23rd, I'm doing a comedy show with him in North Adams, Massachusetts. And on the 24th of January, I'm doing another comedy show with him in Glens Falls, New York. So all over the place, you have three chances to catch me and Jonah Ray doing our live comedy show. And then you have one chance to see Dave and I interviewing Jonah live before a screening of UHF. And that is on January 25th at Proctor's 4 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. UHF.2000inch.com will bring you right to the ticket website. And I'm really excited because we're going to have Twinkie Wiener Sandwiches and Yankaritas. Yankaritas! Ethan, it's too bad we don't talk to each other because I was actually in your area earlier today. Today? What? I went to a great vegan restaurant up there. It's called Burrito Burrito. I went there for lunch. What? You didn't tell me? You didn't tell Frank to tell me? (laughs) 
No, I didn't think you'd be interested. <laughs> oh, come on. That's my favorite restaurant, Burrito Burrito. This week's episode brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. Man, I wish you would have told me, Dave. That would have been a great lunch. <laughs> it was a great lunch. <laughs> I love vegan Mexican food. <laughs> you can only get it in Troy, New York, which I, I understand why you drive up, but I, I feel like you could have told me and we could have met up. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Dave, I'm, I was wondering, you know, Al had the, you know, the, the mailbag, Al's mail segment in the Weird Al show. Yep. Maybe we should have a little bit of a mailbag. What are some cool stuff that you've gotten recently? Cool stuff that I've gotten recently. <laughs> I got. I always get cool stuff. <laughs> Glad you asked. So actually, I just found out that there are a whole bunch of different variations. You know that Beat on the Brat shirt that uh, is sold on DementedPunk.com? Yes, I wore it to the star ceremony, that same shirt. I found out that Hot Topic has that shirt for sale, and they have it in multiple different colors. So I went and I ordered every variation, <laughs> men's shirt and woman's shirt. I ordered every variation, every color, and I just got them today. And they're amazing. I love them. And I'm going to wear one every day for every every day of the week. When are you going to wear the, the women's cut shirts? <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about that oh, on okay. the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I understand. I understand. That is so cool. How did you come across those? I think they actually came up as maybe a ad on Facebook or a website that I was on. Somehow it knew I was interested in Weird Al. I can't imagine how it knew that. These targeted ads Jeez, somehow. This Google, this Facebook, they they are creeping on you if they know that you like Weird Al. That is really creepy, Dave. But I did get another cool shirt in the mail this week. Frank, our intern, actually sent me a congratulations shirt for us reaching 27 episodes. It's really cool. It's this accordion and it's on a red shirt and I absolutely love it. What did he send you? Uh, I, I th Maybe mine just didn't arrive yet. I... Oh, yeah, maybe yours didn't arrive yet. But hmm. I want to thank Frank for sending me that shirt. I love it. I'm going to wear that in rotation with my brand new Beat on the Brat shirts. Uh, Frank, I hope, I hope my gift is coming. I'm sure yours will get there. Don't, okay. don't worry about it. I'm hmm. sure it's just, it's got delayed at the post office. You know, it's a holiday weekend, you know, things are slower. This is 30 inch though. I mean, 27 was a couple weeks ago. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe he sent it, you know, the slowest possible way. Yeah. He, <laughs> you know, he is a, a penny pincher that Frank. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing I did get this week is I did place an order at weirdal.com for the official strings attached merchandise. I actually bought a single sticker, an <laughs> LTV sticker, just so I could get that mandatory fun patch. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I also ordered from the Weird Al merch website. I needed a new sweatshirt and I had bought the one over the summer for the collection. And then I wanted one to actually wear because it's cold and so i ordered that <laughs> couple of the things so i ended up with a couple of those patches and i i really like it i'm glad that uh they made it available somehow even if you couldn't just outright buy it it's actually the same patch that's on the beret so if you did get a beret you technically got a patch as well 
<laughs> you just need a crowbar <laughs> if you want to take it off the beret. <laughs> Dave, did you get anything cool from eBay this week? I did. I actually got recently a 1997 Bad Hair Tour All Access Area Pass with Alan the Band as the Simpsons on it. So I think that you know, I was channeling Matt Groening, you know, falling over his feet, <laughs> tripping over his feet earlier. That's awesome. <laughs> and and actually, it's really cool. If you look at it closely, it actually says Al Area Access, not All Area Access. Oh. The second L is missing, or the first L is missing. And... <laughs> That's really cool. It's pretty cool. It's definitely cool. I've never seen one outside of a band member wearing it, and I really like it. It's It was actually predates when Al was on The Simpsons, so these are fan-drawn pictures of Al and the band on The Simpsons, but it's really cool. It's definitely going in with all my other backstage passes and uh, after-show passes. Collection. Nice. I have them all displayed out there. I really love collecting those. And the other thing I got was... If you remember Al's Brain, that 3D movie he did for the Orange County Fair? Of course. I never got to go to that. Well, I did. I got to see it several times. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Why don't you go host a podcast about it, Dave? <laughs> I will. Okay. <laughs> Can I come? <laughs> sure. I need a co-host. So, you know, they had a whole bunch of merchandise there, but people working there, they got to wear these pins these little buttons and they had a couple variations of the buttons and i already had one previous but i saw a new one up on ebay and i purchased it immediately as soon as i saw it it says see al's brain in 3d and it's the picture of al you know with his hand outstretched holding the brain it's really cool That's it's awesome. definitely you know somebody obviously working there had saved it and put it up on ebay and i just grabbed it immediately <laughs> that's great <laughs> I got a couple things myself. I mean, obviously, I got the merch order, like you said, but I did get a couple cool things. I got a couple prints in the mail, um, just some, you know, cool art things that I'd ordered on Etsy or just on the artist's website. But a couple things that collectors, I think, would recognize is I picked up a brand new copy, uh, brand new to me. It's, it's from 1987. <laughs> it's not actually brand new, but uh, a, a new copy because I, I did have one in my collection, but I wasn't happy with the condition of it. A Holiday Greeting 87. It says on the front, the Epic Portrait and CBS Associated Families. So it is just this promotional disc that has different personalities giving holiday greetings that were sent out to radio stations. And Al does a couple of the greetings. So the one I had had some like marks and writing on it. So I got a clean copy and I just got it and I love it. Ah, perfect. Excellent time for the holidays coming up. Yeah, just in time. I got another cool thing. Um, I'd never seen this personally on eBay or, or elsewhere. It is a UHF VHS tape, and on it it says trailer and screening preview. And I don't have a VHS player, so I can't actually <laughs> watch it, but I assume it has the trailer and a screening preview on it. <laughs> I've seen a copy of that, and you know where I've seen that? In my collection. Oh, really? <laughs> well, cool. And I'm actually glad you got one because my, the one in my collection is sealed. So I'm going to bring a VHS player up with me, and we're going to watch that. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Next time I'm in Troy, New York, visiting Burrito Burrito. <laughs> burrito Burrito. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great idea. I'm curious if the screening preview means the entire film is on there or if it's just like <laughs> the first five minutes. Or I, I really am curious to see. So another thing, this is something I've been looking for for a little bit. It is the Comedy Death Ray 2010 Christmas CD. And Al sings on one of the songs. And this is just something that... You know, I found out about it too late and it was sold out and I've just been kind of waiting online to see one come up and finally did and I was able to get it. So happy to have added that to my collection. I'm not sure if I actually have this one already, but I wasn't sure <laughs> and you don't see them much. So I grabbed it just in case. This is the Muppet magazine from fall 1984. Uh, of course, you know, Dave, I have a uh, vast Muppet collection and the 1984 magazine was the white whale of my collection. No, um, <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's an article uh, about Weird Al in the in the magazine. I haven't read it yet. I got it in the mail. I haven't really opened the plastic sleeve that it came in, but I'm looking forward to learning about Al in the world of Muppets. <laughs> it's a really good article. I have that magazine as well. He actually sits down with Fozzie Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course, awesome. the comedian of the Muppets right. sits down with the right. you know, comedian of the music. So <laughs> it's really, really good article. There's some good, cool pictures in there of Alan Fozzie. It's really a great one to add to your collection. You know, I was more surprised that there is even a Muppet magazine and that... <laughs> Even more so, it's not around still. I feel like Muppet Magazine. It would be great on newsstands next to Midnight Star. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I'll talk about, I just got this. This is something I didn't really even have on my radar, but it kind of came on my radar and I snatched it up. It is the Attic Records 25th Anniversary CD box set. It is this, I really don't know what the story is behind it, but it is the you know Attic Records and they have four different CDs rock pop r&b and then one is novelty and on the novelty cd is amish paradise so i was excited to pick that up because it's just such a weird thing it's a it's pretty much the size of like a an lp but it has four little foam holders for the cds inside it so it's very weird glad to have picked it up very cool very cool that is a cool item for your collection as well and i mentioned how i got that owl's brain in 3d button off of ebay this week yeah well actually got contacted by do you remember steve allen we met him in seattle yeah we met him the first night he was the first grade teacher yeah great guy great guy he's a big fan of our podcast so hello steve Hi, but steve. steve contacted me and he was looking through my collection and he's found something that he has in his collection that i actually did not know even existed whoa that is rare for that to happen. <laughs> that is very rare. And it is related to Al's Brain. After Al's Brain was at the Orange County Fair, it went up to Puyallup Fair in Washington State. And Steve attended that. And I didn't know this, but they had different merchandise there, which Whoa. they did not have in the Orange County Fair. And what I got at the Orange County Fair is I got Al's Brain. It was one of those little, like, stress ball things, but it was attached to a keychain. What Steve has is he has this... Al's brain is kind of like one of those, you know, stress ball things, but it's, of course, in the shape of a brain. Of course. It says Al's brain on the side of it and Puyallup Fair on the side of it. And I didn't even know that they had Puyallup Fair branded merchandise there. So Whoa. what Steve decided to do is donate that to my collection. So a big, huge thank you to Steve for that. That is so cool. Steve or anyone listening, 
Uh, my collection is in <laughs> dire need of donations as well. So feel free to donate to me. <laughs> or, or you know, if people want to support us, they don't necessarily have to send us cool stuff. They can check out patreon.com slash 2000inch. We have great perks on there. And we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode. But I did want to mention that you can support us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. And if anyone wants to send me stuff that I do not have in my collection I do not know about, <laughs> I will definitely send you some cool Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast swag. I will send cooler swag. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Speaking of kind of an unexpected thing, you know, it was very unexpected to hear from Steve. Unexpected that he has something in his collection that you've never heard of. And even more unexpected... That he's sending it to you and donating it to your collection. How cool is that? What are some other unexpected things that have shown up for the collections? I mean, I, I personally have had so many you know weird instances where things would pop up or I wasn't expecting it. And I would love to get into a couple of those. Do you want to start us off, Dave? Sure. I mean, a lot of my unexpected finds actually center around Al's Peter and the Wolf album. Hey, one of mine centers around that, too. You know, in the age of the Internet and eBay, it's accessible. I mean, you can you can download pirated copies and, you know, you can do that kind of stuff. And people are selling them on eBay. But back in the day, that thing was definitely a white whale that you could not easily get, let alone various versions or rare versions. I would love to hear you know, some of your unexpected <laughs> uncoverings of Peter and the Wolf. Well, actually, I have three different uncoverings of Peter and the Wolf, and they all happen to be one's on vinyl, one's on CD, and one's on cassette. Whoa, okay. So you get one of everything. <laughs> Actually, my first exposure to Peter and the Wolf was, I knew about it, but I, it was one of those things, like you said, that I was like, I'm never going to see a copy of this. I'm never going to get it. So I'm just going to have to kind of live through other people with it. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, for my birthday one year, my friend James, I don't know how he found a copy of it, but he found a copy of it and he gave it to me for my birthday. And I remember we sat in there, I think we were driving to a Weird Al concert or something. And we just sat there and we listened to the entire CD on the car ride up. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. But the first time I actually found Peter and the Wolf out in the wild myself was I was in a record store in Georgetown in Washington, D.C., I went down there for the day. I used to take day trips down to Washington, D.C. all the time with a friend of mine. And, you know, we were going through the record store, and I was saying, I wonder if they have any Weird Al, you know, records in here. And then they did. They had, a, you know, a few of them. And I'm flipping through, and they have Peter and the Wolf, you know, sealed copy Whoa. on vinyl. And I look at it, and it's priced $9.99. <laughs> so you know, I grabbed that along with all the other Weird Al uh, albums that they had there, which were also priced around that price. But, you know, that was the real steal. And I went up and I was like, I hope they don't notice that they mislabeled this. You know, thinking that everybody knows how rare right. this is. <laughs> So, you know, the guy, you know, checks me out and I, you know, and of course he rang it up at nine ninety nine, and like, I like, was like so nervous that I was going to, wasn't going to get it for that price and then he would right. recognize He's, it or they're something. They're going to move the decimal point. It's actually ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> right. So I got it and I was like, after like I paid and everything was like, I was like, I was so excited. I had to tell somebody. So I told the guy at the record store, I'm like, you don't know how rare this is. And I just got it for nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he didn't tackle you. <laughs> 
He didn't care. He was like, no. whatever. Right. <laughs> he thought I thought I was making it up. He right. didn't know. But so that's so that's how I got my sealed copy of Peter and the Wolf on Vinyl. Well, it's kind of funny. So my first copy of Peter and the Wolf was a vinyl. I was in downtown Saratoga Springs, which is actually where I work now. And we're walking down the street and we walk by a record store and we're kind of in a rush. I said to my dad, I was like, hey, we should go in that record store. And I, I, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably like 14, 13 years old. And he's like, oh, you know, we kind of have to go. You know, we're kind of in a rush. I was like, yeah, but what if they have Peter and the Wolf? Because he, <laughs> he knew how important it was to me that I wanted to find Peter and the Wolf. And he's like, all right, well, let's go check real quick. You know, not thinking that they're going to have Peter and the Wolf. Well, sure enough, I walk in, and what is the only Weird Al vinyl that they happen to have? <laughs> Peter and the Wolf. And I, I I don't remember, but it was probably a pretty good price. It wasn't anything. They didn't know what they had. It wasn't a sealed copy for $9.99, but it was probably, you know, 10 or 15 bucks in decent shape. So I was, that was so unexpected. My dad, you know, was so impressed. He's like, oh, I'll just buy it for you. So that was awesome. That was my first Peter and the Wolf. That's great. <laughs> I love that we both found our Peter and the Wolf vital in just like a random record right. store. <laughs> random record stores who just didn't do their research. <laughs> so another instance where I found Peter and the Wolf unexpectedly is there used to be this store called Nobody Beats the Whiz. And it was up by the... <laughs> okay. <laughs> And it was up by the mall, you know, and I would go up there to kind of pass time, you know, and I was kind of looking through their, you know, discount cassette tape bin, you know, not expecting to find anything at all. Those bins are never really organized, right? It's just like a kind of. No, it was. it's like a huge, yeah, a huge just bin. And there's just these tapes just like randomly thrown in there. And you got to kind of dig through. And it's all these bands you've never heard of right. before or anything, <laughs> you know. So I'm flipping through and. I pick it up and I had to, had to do like a double take because I'm like, wait a minute, this is Peter and the Wolf. And I had to like, <laughs> oh look, is this, wait, is this really Al's version of Peter and the Wolf? Al and Wendy Carlos? Yes, it is. And I just kind of looked at it and it was priced 99 cents. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, of course I'm buying it. You know, sealed copy of Peter and the Wolf for 99 cents. Are you kidding me? You know, so I spent a long time going through that bin. I think I looked at every cassette in there for another one. You know, sometimes <laughs> right. they just throw a whole yeah, bunch they, of them they in have there. like a whole sleeve of them they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> and it was the only one in there, at least the only one I found. Whoa. So I've got the last Peter and the Wolf cassette in Nobody Beats the Wiz for 99 cents. <laughs> wow. Still sealed today. Wow. That is so cool. Well, you got to complete the trifecta, Dave. What does what your CD find? <laughs> so my CD find, well, I already told you about, you know, my friend James getting me the CD. Well, that was unexpected. But what was also unexpected is I was visiting a friend in Canada and I was looking through her CD collection and I said, oh, you got Peter and the Wolf. How nice. And so I look at it and I pick it up and look on the back of it. And it's not the version that I'm used to, which has, you know, made in the USA on the back. This is made in Canada, a Canadian <laughs> wow. version of Peter and the Wolf. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know these existed. So I was like, I was like, where did you get this? Because if, you know, if she got it like the local store, I was like, we were going to go down there and right. of course look for it. Right? So she's like, oh, there's like this used CD store right down the street. I just found it in there one day. And I'm like, <laughs> Really? It's like, can we kind of go there and look? And she's like, 
yeah, we can go look later if you want, but why don't you just take it? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? I said, you're not going to be able to replace this. And she's like, eh, they get them all the time there. I'm like, really? <laughs> I got to come to Canada more often. <laughs> we need to go right now, Dave. <laughs> so I was like, well, if they ever get another one, <laughs> you know, let me know because I'll buy that too. That's so cool. <laughs> So that's how I got my Canadian copy of Peter and the Wolf on CD. Totally unexpected, just randomly looking through someone's CD collection. So you went from nine ninety nine to ninety nine cents to free. That is <laughs> totally just... free. Yes. <laughs> so Dave, you have the vinyl, the cassette, both sealed, and the Canadian version of the CD for a total of eleven dollars. <laughs> yes, and the U.S. version because I got that as a gift. Oh my god. <laughs> That is so too I spent, cool. I spent less than $11 for my Peter and the Wolf collection. Bravo, Dave. Well, speaking of, you know, steals in the price category, not steals like you're physically stealing it from someone. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I got a great steal on eBay. One day I logged on. I remember I was back in college. I log on eBay, go to newly listed, and the first thing I see is the placebo record. Which, you know, placebo record to a, to an Al collector, that's sort of like you need to have one. You know, it's this very important thing in Al's career. It's the first quote-unquote album that ever came out, the EP. Right. And I didn't have one at that point. So I see this on eBay, so already I'm excited. And then I get even more excited when I see it says, buy it now, $15. <gasps> wow. <laughs> so I, like... <laughs> I've never clicked buy it now so fast. I typed in my password and stuff so fast. I got that thing. And unfortunately, it does not have the cover art. It is just the disc. But still, that was completely unexpected and so much appreciated. I was thrilled to add that to my collection. And never again have I seen it go for less than a couple hundred dollars. No, that was a good deal. Yeah, that was being in the right place at the right time yes. to pick that one up. Yes. Yeah. I was so happy about that. I guess another like kind of right place at the right time thing. I was in Rochester a couple years ago and I went into this really cool, I wish I knew the name, this really cool record store, huge place. So they had records, but they also had like cool pop culture stuff. Actually kind of reminded me of Amoeba um, in okay. California, yeah. but dare I say it was even cooler. It was just like, it was super <laughs> cool. And so I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what weird else stuff they have. And I go and I look in, you know, I look under Y, I look under W, because sometimes they do that by accident. I looked in under the comedy section, rock and pop. Nowhere do they have any Weird Al. And so I, I go to one of the guys. I was like, hey, I'm looking for Weird Al. And he brings me over to Y. He brings me under W. brings me over to comedy. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at all these places. I was like, don't you guys have like, you know, maybe you have some 45s. He's like, oh, yeah. It brings me to this like other section. And they bring out this whole box of 45s. None. And I'm like, how can this amazing store? They even they had the Weird Al Funko Pop, but they didn't have Weird Al on oh. anything. So I was like so confused, and I was like, I was so frustrated. I was like, oh, I gotta find something here because it's such a cool store. I gotta you know find something to bring them back to their level of coolness that I was expecting. And so I went back to the comedy section. I was like, maybe I can find something cool in the comedy section. And I was like, oh, Doctor Demento. I wonder if they have Doctor Demento stuff. And sure enough. They had like a hundred, no lie, a hundred copies of Dr. Demento radio shows. 
Oh, no way. So the actual vinyl discs that were sent to radio stations to play the syndicated version of the Dr. Demento show. And maybe a hundred is an exaggeration. Maybe there's more like 50 or 40. But I was just like, oh my God, I want every single one. Right, of course. (laughs) So I started looking and they were like, they were not price to sell they were like 40 bucks each or, or oh yeah 30 bucks each so, you know and but i was like trying to do the math in my head i was like if i get all 40 of these you know it's only four thousand dollars or whatever it was <laughs> and then i was like all right i'm only gonna get the ones that have weird al tracks on them and wow. so i do that and then it's like 25 of them i'm like oh crap <laughs> so then i'm like all right only ones that have more than one Weird Al track on it. So like I'm like sorting it like that. So I do that again, and then I'm down to like 15. I'm like, crap. So like I, I kept sorting it down, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to look at the themes. And so I look at one of the themes, and sure enough, it is the Elvis episode of oh, Dr. Demento. Yes. And Dave, I know you, and I know a lot of people know you as Dave Elvis Rossi. So it's like, I wonder if Dave has this in his collection. So I texted Frank. This was before we even had the podcast or knew Frank. I texted Frank. Frank (laughs) texted you. (laughs) And you didn't have that in your collection. So I was really happy to pick that up for you. And I ended up getting four or five random ones just for myself. But how cool is that? I I keep dreaming of going back to Rochester and picking up more of those. I hope they're still there. Yeah, that's really cool. You do see them occasionally come up on eBay, different versions of uh, the vinyl. But to find it in a store like that and you get to kind of look through and pick the ones you want. Yeah. That's really cool. It was And really I do fun. appreciate you getting in touch with Frank and having him <laughs> send me that copy of Elvis. Yes, of course. <laughs> do you have any other unexpected finds? You know, just this past summer or fall or something, I did actually come across something crazy. So... Dave, you know that through JW and the whole Strings Attached Tour, there's a different poster for every single tour stop. I am very aware of that, and it's (laughs) driving me crazy that I have not tracked down every version of every poster yet. Well, I know how you are. You know how I am. We need every single version possible. So I get a message from our friend Jason McDonald. He's like, hey, I got the foil version of the vegas poster and i was like what i didn't even know that existed (laughs) because i you know you know me i know you we have spreadsheets tracking the different versions and you know some of them are are printed this way and some have an alternate color and so we're trying to get every single variation and i didn't even know that there was a foil version well it turns out came and gone there was a limited edition of only five in existence of wow. the vegas foil version and the vegas poster is a really cool poster it's one of my favorites and yes. the fact that there was a foil version and i'm hearing about it and i'm like jason that is so cool i was like how did you get it he's like i just happened to be on there he's like i bought it as soon as you know the time that they said they were going up i bought it and immediately sold out he's like i'm surprised that you didn't get one i was like i didn't even know about it so i was like Jason, there's only five of them in the world. These people had to log on, like, on the exact right time. They had to know about it. They had to buy it. It's still not immediate. I was like, what can I trade you for that poster? <laughs> and he says, let me think about it. And then I'm just, like, sitting there staring, like, waiting for the next message. And he's like, I, I like it too much. I'm not going to trade it. <laughs> So I was like, no, it's like, this is my only chance. And I'm like, I was like begging him. He's like, I'll tell you what, Ethan, 
I will leave it to you in my will. <laughs> and that's good enough. That's good enough, right? Because that means it's technically mine one day. I just have to outlive him. <laughs> and then I'll, you know, at least it's achievable, right? So I was like, I wasn't thrilled, but at least it was like, it was something. So it's like, all right, you better write that up. I want to see a copy. I want a notarized copy. And so in the meantime, I went over to the artist's website. And of course, I find the section where he's like exclusive, limited to five. There's even a video he took showing off the poster and the, the foil. Wow. And it, like, I was just like, oh, my God. So it's like, I have to message this guy just in case there's an extra one. Maybe he lied and there's more than five. I don't know. So I messaged him and I was like, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't ask. By any chance, do you have an extra foil Vegas poster? Not expecting anything. Sent the message. Got it off my chest. I was done with it. A few days later, I get a notification back from the artist. And he writes, actually, I do. I was like, what? What? (laughs) So I was like, please, just, I I need it. Like, what what can I do? And he gave me a really reasonable price for it. I was like, "How, how do you have one? He's like, when I put them on sale... I only put four on sale and I kept one aside for my buddy who was getting married. But after he got married, and I guess he was the best man in this guy's wedding, the wife decided that he had too much stuff (laughs) and he wasn't going to buy that poster. So the artist was just kind of sitting on it and he didn't really have anything to do with it. So I just happened to email him at the right time completely unexpected and he sold it to me and and jason thanks him because now i don't have to murder him (laughs) for his coffee i thank him i i got that thing in the mail i i was like you need to wrap it in plastic like i was so nervous about this thing going through the mail i'm like it cannot get rained on it has to come and dave it is to quote you beautiful it is amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. So that is just like one of my prized possessions now is having one of five of that foil thing. And yes, Dave, I will leave it to you in my will. I was going to say, you better leave that to me. <laughs> leave that for me in your will. <laughs> because now I also have to contact Jason and I have to let him know that since he now has nobody to give this poster to, that he can leave it to me in his will. And I wish no harm upon you at all, Jason. <laughs> Unlike Ethan. Well, I didn't tell Jason yet. I'm, I'm still in his will. So don't tell him. I'd love to have two of them. Oh, so Dave, I forgot to even tell you. It's edition number one, one of five, which it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't mean much, but when there's only five, having the first edition is kind of cool. So that was just a little bit of icing on the cake. Wow. Way to rub it in. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) It was unexpected, Dave. It was just, it wasn't like I I had to pay a million dollars for it and, and a bidding war. It just, it was the right place at the right time. So I was very thrilled by that. That is very cool. That is very cool. And don't forget, give it to me in your life. Okay. <laughs> I was going to leave it to Frank, but I guess I can... <laughs> Amend that will. <laughs> Maybe Tonight. if you give me your cell phone number, I can bump you up in the... <laughs> By the next time I talk to you, <laughs> your will better be updated. All right. All right. I think that's doable, Dave. <laughs> next time you go to Burrito Burrito, you got to let me know, and then I'll add you to the will. <laughs> deal (laughs) so we've talked about a lot of different things in our collection and i'm I'm wondering what are some like really memorable things not necessarily unexpected but just like you just 
love having them or there's just something about them that just makes you feel proud or, or extra happy, I'd love to hear about some of those for you. How much time do you have? Because have you seen my collection? Uh, I did. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I just, just as a side note, I remember the first time I saw your collection. I don't think you knew how, how deep my love was. This is before podcast. You know, this is before we knew each other that well. And I just remember like looking at your CD rack, you're just like, oh, I'll show you a couple things. And it's like, oh, you probably won't care about like the different editions. So I was like, Dave, I care about the different editions. <laughs> I was like, I could, I could spend hours in your collection room, just looking at stuff and everything I have looked at it. it I haven't even scratched the surface. So <laughs> I'm sure, no, <laughs> I'm sure you have some good memories in there. <laughs> you don't need to spend hours in my collection. You just spend days and weeks yes. in my collection to see everything. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> But I do have a lot of really cool stuff. A lot of the stuff I have that I really think is memorable and has some unique stories behind it are personal things, things that are one of a kind or things that were given to me by, you know, the band or yeah. somebody in the band or Al himself. You know, so I I do have a lot of really cool items. Um, one thing that I know you saw, because I remember showing this to you when you were here, is I actually have the license plate from the I Lost on Jeopardy video. Yeah. And it says loser <laughs> on the back of it. And it's not in the greatest shape, but that's not because it was in my collection because it's the person I got it from. Actually, totally randomly out of the blue, I got an email from somebody who said, I worked on the set of the I Lost on oh, Jeopardy man. video. I saved this one piece from it and he didn't take great care of it. Because he didn't realize how significant it was, you know, to Weird Al fans and pop culture in general. So it's a little beat up, but he's like, I'm looking to get rid of it. You know, I'm trying to, you know, sell off some of my stuff, make some, you know, extra little money. And I saw your webpage and I thought you might be interested. And we worked out a deal and it went to a great home and is one of the most prized possessions in my collection. It's the actual license plate from the I Lost on Jeopardy video. That's so cool. Have you considered getting a, a vanity plate for your car that says loser on it? <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> I got to imagine somebody took that already, but yeah. maybe I'll look into it. That would be so fun. <laughs> well, one thing that was, I mean, super memorable to me was obviously the first time I met Al. And I didn't even get a picture with him because this was kind of before cell phones. And I guess we didn't even really think to bring a camera. It was just like, you know, I went to a concert at the Palace in Albany and we just happened to know somebody who knew the president of the theater. So he's able to get me in the like the after show list. So it's probably like 13 years old. And I got a, like a 12 inch promotional poster of Poodle Hat signed and I framed it immediately and I've, you know, held on to it and loved it ever since. And that was, I'm, I'm sure I've told you the story, Dave. That was when I met Al, the kid in front of me was wearing a neck brace and he took it off to have Al sign it. And Al's like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bizarre. <laughs> you sure you should be doing that? <laughs> right. <laughs> But how cool is that? Like, if you're gonna have a neck brace, that at least have cool. it signed that by really cool. But uh, yeah, I, w I wouldn't trade my signed poodle hat poster <laughs> for anything. I love that, Dave. What is the first thing you got signed? The first thing I got signed? Well, my ankle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'll trade you my poodle hat poster for your ankle. 
think I'm going to hang on to my ankle for a little bit, but I will leave it to you in my will. Excellent. Yes, please write that in. <laughs> Actually, Dave, I will trade my Vegas poster for your ankle. <laughs> I do have a whole bunch of signed Weird Al stuff. Not just body parts. actual (laughs) items that are signed by Weird Al in the band. I have a few memorable ones. One of them I actually do have a glow-in-the-dark snorkel. Uh. And it is signed, not only by (laughs) Al, but by everybody in the band. You know, Jim, Steve, Ruben, Bermuda. And it's also signed by Jay Levy. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's one of my prized (laughs) possessions. It's a real snorkel, but I had to go out and buy paint that glows in the dark and paint it up because <laughs> I couldn't actually find a snorkel that glows in the dark. Well, so it's a only the lucky, semi-homemade lucky project. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I love that you got Jay to sign it too. That's really fun. And I do have a couple other pieces in my collection that Al personally gave to me and they all have really good stories behind them. Okay. One of them, I was at a concert in 1999. I went with Adrian and Ann, and we went all the way to Camden, New Jersey. Not the greatest choice, <laughs> <laughs> but we were at the concert. I got a great story one time I'll have to tell it on the podcast about driving home from that concert. <laughs> but while we were at that concert, we happened to have backstage passes, and we went into the line, and we met Al, and Al hands me, he goes, I get so much gifts. And this was right around the time, I think, that uh, – Judy Tenuta was saying how much Al loves sweets because <laughs> he says, all I get is from fans are just sweets and stuff. So he said, do you want a cherry pie? And I said, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so he tans me a cherry pie in a plastic container. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, we have so much food on the bus. It's cool. I'm like, all right. <laughs> So I'm like, will you sign my cherry pie? So he goes, sure. <laughs> so he didn't sign the actual pie itself. Oh, he signed oh. the, the container <laughs> of the pie. So <laughs> I'm like, this is great. He says, oh, and by the way, one of the fans here gave me that. So I prefer if like you don't go waving it around outside because in case they're still here right. and you're waiting by the buses. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, now you tell me. You know, so I'm like, sure. So I'm like, Adrian had bought a t-shirt. So I'm like, Adrian, give me your t-shirt. So like we wrap it up in the t-shirt, you know, and we're like smuggling this, this cherry pie out of the venue. And so, you know, the, to make a, uh, Long story short is I take the cherry pie. We drive home. I left the cherry pie in Adrian's car. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I drove home from Adrian's house. Next day, Adrian contacts me. He's like, "Uh, you know, you left that cherry pie here. And I said, oh, yes, thanks. So I drove back to Adrian's house, picked up the cherry pie, and I did not even offer a piece of cherry pie to Adrian. And I still feel bad about that today. He's since forgiven me. But I came home, my father and I ate the cherry pie together, and I still have the container that Al signed, and I have that great story. And I think the statute of limitations are over where if that fan did give Al that pie and was listening, I think that fan is going to be okay with me telling me this story at this time. And if that fan is devastated right now, give us a call, 347-SPATULA. We want to hear your story. Wow. Did you consider preserving the pie somehow, like in acrylic? <laughs> or... 
no, I didn't know how to preserve the pie at the time. I didn't think, you know, to preserve the pie. I thought the story was better. And I was hungry. I wanted a pie. I wanted to eat some cherry pie. <laughs> I have a gross way that you could have preserved it. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe I won't get into that. I'll save that for Patreon. <laughs> Sounds good. Another time, Al gave me his water bottle. Oh, <laughs> was it empty or was it full? Was it was it... after a concert. And again, I was lucky enough to have backstage passes. I was there with my mother. We both had backstage passes. It went up to Al and I basically, you know, he's sitting at this table and on this table, all it is, is, is him, you know, a couple Sharpies and a bottle of water. <laughs> I walk up to the table. He goes, you want some water? And I said, sure. So he hands me his bottle of water <laughs> And I'm like, uh, will you autograph my bottle of water? He goes, sure. So he takes it back. He signs it. <laughs> and he gives it back to me. So I have Al's water autographed. Is it sealed? Um, I, it's, it was sealed at the time. I did open it because I guess, I don't know what it was, but it started like, if you leave water in a bottle too long, it starts like kind of caving in on itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. No, I know right, what you mean. So I opened it up to release the pressure, but it still has the original water in it <laughs> that Al gave to me. Authentic Al water. Authentic Al water. Never been touched by Al's lips because like I said, it was sealed when I got it. But you asked I did him, open it. To... You asked him to sign it, but if you said, Al, will you open it and lick it? Do you think he would have done it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would have. <laughs> I do have another story involving water. I'm listening. <laughs> this was on the Mandatory World Tour in 2016. I went to a concert at the Boarding House Park in Lowell, Massachusetts, September 1st. And I was fortunate enough to be sitting very front center and the way this venue was set up is it was one of those venues where people came early and they set up lawn chairs and they blankets and they came back later to you know sit where they were but there were a couple reserved seats and because i didn't want to be sitting out all day trying to reserve you know my spot on a blanket somewhere yeah. where i wasn't sure where i was going to be sitting i spent the money to get the reserved seat and there was maybe i don't know how many there were but maybe 24 seats or something that were reserved. So it was really like for, you know, the hardcore fans that were yeah, there. Yeah. I remember like Jacinta was there and our friend Allison was there and a whole bunch of other people were there and, you know, are sitting there front row center. And literally my, where we're sitting in these little lawn chairs are very low to the ground, but I had my feet like literally up on this stage, you know, cause it was like a little, you know, stage that was only one or two steps off the ground you know, so Al was basically standing directly in front of me the entire concert. Well, you know how during Smells Like Nirvana, <laughs> Al comes out with that cup of water. Of and course. he usually, you know, <laughs> takes a little sip and then he, he gargles the water and then he throws it out over the audience. Well, it wasn't missed on him that I was sitting directly in the front, <laughs> directly in front of him, staring at him the entire concert. So instead, Where else would you stare, Dave? <laughs> instead of him... <laughs> throwing the water out over top he walks right over to me and he pours the entire contents <laughs> of the cup directly on my head <laughs> and let me tell you there was a lot of water in that cup <laughs> and it's very cold <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> so he poured it into all top of me of course 
Jackie's sitting next to me. Allison's sitting next to me. They are laughing like crazy. <laughs> I, I lost it for the rest of the song. I couldn't see a thing because I had water in my eyes all over me. And then as the song ends, you know, Al runs off stage. One of the stage hands comes out. And he just hands me this washcloth and he's like, <laughs> to dry myself off with. So apparently I was the talk of the show backstage because everyone was like, did you see what Al did to Dave and all that stuff? <laughs> so it happened to be I had a show the next night at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion in Guilford, New Hampshire. And I happened to have backstage passes for that. So I brought my towel, my little washcloth with me. And of course, you know, he knew he knew I was coming and I took out the, the towel. And I'm like, Al, I would like you to write me on this washcloth an apology letter to say, I'm sorry <laughs> what I did to you, Dave. So he goes, sure. So he takes the towel, the little washcloth, and he writes, Dave, I so not sorry. And then he signs his name. <laughs> he hands it to me. I look at it and I said, well, that's perfect. <laughs> so Al poured water on my head and he is still not to this day apologizing. <laughs> Really, that's what this podcast is about. It's time to apologize, Al. Dun, dun, dun. That's amazing. So that is my memorable story about water. Well, water is wet, Dave, as, as we all know. As you found out firsthand. Now, do you have any memorable stories? You know, not involving Al pouring water on me or, or giving me anything but there were, there were two things that kind of came to mind first i want to talk about there's this this kind of elusive item that i was trying to get in my collection not too long after al was on the cover of mad magazine they put out this thing or kind of to encourage people to subscribe a lithograph where it is you know a really nice piece of paper where they right. have printed the the cover art but without the like you know barcode and stuff just just al and alfred yep i found out about this i saw one on ebay and i got outbid and it was like you know hundreds of dollars and i was like devastated because i i loved it so much it's like I'm, i've always always been a huge mad magazine fan i don't know if you knew this dave i'm also a big fan of uh weird al so i <laughs> I wanted to have this. I was like, you know, anytime one would come up on eBay, I would bid. I kept getting outbid. I was like so devastated. So after months of this, and th there weren't many, but I finally, finally got one. And I was so excited. I was so proud of it. Next time I was at my dad's house, I was telling him and my stepmom and my brother about this thing that I finally, finally tracked down and how much I loved it. I already had it framed uh, and hanging in my apartment. And I showed him a picture of it. And my dad goes, oh, yeah, Don, your brother has one of those. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, he got one in the mail. It's hanging in his room. I was like, you guys know <laughs> I am the Weird Al fan of this household. <laughs> you didn't think to tell me? They're like, oh, no, we, we figured you had one. It's like, <laughs> little did you know, for six months I've been tracking this sucker down. <laughs> So they bring me up to his room to prove that it's hanging on his wall. Not only is it hanging on his wall, he has a push pin through it hanging oh. on the wall. I lost it. And I <laughs> I make fun of my brother to this day about the fact that he put a push pin through that lithograph, <laughs> that limited edition lithograph that is worth a lot of money. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that. 
I spent all that time, and I, I probably could have got it for free for my brother if I had asked. <laughs> if I had known, really, it's his fault for not telling me. It's and it's my dad's fault for not telling me because they knew about it. They knew how <laughs> I feel about Weird Al and collectibles, and but I do have it, and I got Al to sign it, and I I love it. It's it's one of my prized <laughs> possessions. Nice. Would you be happy with a version with a hole in it from a push pin? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I would have to replace that at some point if I had that one. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but it, I guess in essence, it makes mine a little bit more valuable because <laughs> he reduced the additions <laughs> of ones without pushpin holes through it. <laughs> so I want to tell you another. This is something that obviously you know about, Dave. Back during the second leg of the Mandatory Fun Tour, I was working in a venue that booked Al, and I actually got to run the marketing from the venue side for a Weird Al show, which already dream come true, you know. Right. You know, as as someone who was in marketing at that point, there's nothing I wanted to market more than a Weird Al show, and I got to do it. <laughs> and, you know, the things that you and I collect, we love when we go to shows. We love trying to get, like, you know, the flyers and, you know, the books with the advertisements in it and the local magazines right. and that kind of stuff. Well, now suddenly I find myself as the architect of creating all this stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. we need, you know, this size poster. We need a movie size poster. We need a horizontal size poster. And I'm ordering all this stuff from my art department. And as they go to print it, because we actually had our own print shop in the basement, I was like, yeah, also for every one that you print to hang up, I need you to print two extras, one for <laughs> my friend Dave and one for Al's drummer, Bermuda. <laughs> And they're like, are you serious? And I was like, yep. <laughs> so you're welcome, Dave. Well, thank you. Literally everything they, they, they made, I got produced in triplicate. Uh, so each of us could have one. Because I knew Bermuda would appreciate it. I knew you'd appreciate it. But literally, you know, there were playbills that I put the ads in. There were posters. I even uh, created a drink menu for the pre-show VIP party. And I put some really funny stuff on there. I... Even uh, I had my own because I, I produced my own comedy shows. I put my comedy show that I was producing that I was also marketing in the same playbill as a Weird Al ad. So those were next to each other. So that was kind of cool. That's a lame nice. claim to fame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the coolest thing is when it came time to order the TV spot for the show, there was an option. You know, most of the time when you order a TV spot uh, to promote a show, they just email it to you or they give you a download link because it's the 21st century. We can do that now. <laughs> but they had an option to get a physical DVD mailed to you with the TV wow. spot on it. And I, as a super collector, saw that and I was like, <laughs> I need that. <laughs> so um, I was like, yes, yeah, send it by email and also by DVD. <laughs> and they wrote back and they're like, you want it by DVD? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's ever asked for it by dvd and i was like send it <laughs> so that that dvd with the tv spot on it is one of my prized possessions it's just like a burned dvd with some scribbling on it but i think you'll agree dave it is an official dvd since it was purchased by the company it's the only one in existence probably it it certainly <laughs> is the only one with the venue that i was working on <laughs> tv spot on it so that was really cool it 
it was so much fun to get to market the show and also my my career as a, a marketing professional in the you know industry of live entertainment <laughs> was resting on can i sell the one show that i love more than anything else because i would have to sell all these crazy shows that i knew nothing about that i had no interest in and then it finally comes down to alan it's like i have to do well on the show and dave <laughs> it sold so well you were at that show i was it was an awesome show and uh, my career was saved, and I got the DVD. <laughs> it's like a movie. It's like this is the one moment that Ethan's been waiting for his entire totally. life. <laughs> and, and the other thing about the TV spot is, after the fact, I think I mentioned that story to Bermuda, and he said that he actually didn't even have a digital copy of the TV spot because mm-hmm. that just kind of was out of his area where he got to you know collect stuff. So I was able right. to send him the digital files for that. So. I was able to contribute to the digital collection of Mr. Bermuda. So that was cool, too. Well, Ethan, it has been so much fun talking to you. We never get to do this. I know. We should talk more often. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Maybe instead of once a week, twice a week. Uh, Don't push it. Don't push it. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. I won't, Dave. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for sharing your stories. It was fun to get to share some of my stories and talk about the collections. Obviously, there's so much more for us to go over in our collections. We barely touched the surface. (laughs) I I barely made a dent in my collection. (laughs) Yeah, you're just talking about like the stuff on top. We haven't even gone to the second (laughs) shelf. (laughs) I'm just talking about the stuff within my arm's length. (laughs) I think that's it for 30 inch. And if you liked us having this fun conversation, and we hope you did, Please consider supporting our podcast. We're at patreon.com slash 2000 inch. It's a great way for you to tell us just how much you love all this free content that we give you every single week. And of course, we want to thank each and every Patreon subscriber that we have so far. But also we want to thank all of our listeners and especially those of you who subscribe on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on. Yeah, we're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Atari 2600 Cartridge. Really, you can find us everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, of course, Patreon. We're at 2000inch, and you can find us at 2000inch.com. We've got that awesome Facebook group where we post stuff, and you can tell us about your lame claim to fame and other stuff. And, of course, when you're posting about us on social media, use hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill. Don't forget, give us a call, 347-SPATULA. If you have something in your collection that I do not have in my collection, I want you to give us a call, 347-SPATULA. It's a real number, 347-772-8852. Let me know what it is. Let me know how I can get it in my collection. And if you think you have something that Dave doesn't have in his collection, there are very good odds that I don't have it in my collection. (laughs) So give me a call at 347-SPATULA and let me know. And hey, we may even play your message on the air. Don't forget, check out our Strings Attached bonus centimeter episodes to get and hear our content reviews. We just put out 22 centimeter this past Monday on Patreon. Patreon subscribers get to hear all of our bonus episodes early. Next Monday, that'll be out for regular listeners. And of course, a brand new full episode every Wednesday. And don't forget, you can check out Dave, myself, and Jonah Ray for a live interview before a screening of UHF on a screen that is almost 2,000 inches. I swear it is very close to 2,000 inches, and that is coming up on January 25th. I am so, so excited. 
For more details and tickets, head over to uhf.2000inch.com. Ethan, it's been a lot of fun. Great talking to you. I will talk to you again in exactly one week. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 38. We want to wish all of our fans in the United States a very happy Thanksgiving. And to all of our Canadian fans and fans all over the world, happy Thursday.